Thank you, Malcolm. Have faith. Every journey has a first step. Whether you're heading to Salisbury or Santiago de Compostela, you have to start somewhere. I wonder if you can remember an adventure that you went on recently or in your life. Everything's packed, everything's ready to go, maybe in the car or just getting on the train, but yet you have to take the first step out of the front door. Every great advantage, adventure starts with one step. So this morning, we're going to look at a couple who are literally giants of the Old Testament and their journey of faith, how they took one step each out of the front door on an incredible journey with God. So let me reintroduce to you Abraham and Sarah. They set off into the desert because God said, go. So they did. Over the threshold, this step of obedience, a yes to God from the depths of their hearts. Well, the more that I've got to know this couple over the last couple of weeks by studying this passage, the more I can hear them saying to each other, have faith, come on, have faith as they encourage each other to keep going. So Abraham and Sarah are also very normal people, and I hope to unravel how their mixture of faith and humanity can be a real inspiration to us this morning. It's how they put their faith into action that is impressive. It's the muscle of obedience that we see exercised time and time again. So one thing to say straight away is that there is a two-way faith thing going on here. Think of a broke bridge connecting tree houses um, or, or a zip wire or, or a handshake or the light bouncing back off the moon. There's our faith in God and there's God showing himself to be trustworthy. So just hold that in your mind. There's this two-way thing going on. We have faith in God, which is a gift, and then God is faithful. He is trustworthy. So we're going to look at this celebrity couple, how faith, how, how it works out in their lives against all odds. And it is a very challenging passage for each one of us. So um, as we go through it, just keep your antennae out and just listen out for, for how God is nudging you in your journey of faith this morning. So what I'm going to do is a very quick recap on Hebrews, then we're going to zoom in on Abraham and Sarah, we're going to look a little bit at what happens with Isaac, which is chilling, and then we're going to draw it together and see how it can affect us. So recap on Hebrews, if you weren't here last week and heard Sarah Jane, it's written to a house church in Rome, probably, maybe by Paul, maybe not. It's written around 50 years after Christ died-ish. So we don't know very much about it, although there are plenty of speculations. And the illustrations from the book of Hebrews are drawn from a different world. And you'll see why that's relevant when we talk about city today. But the message is timeless. It's calling us forward to a better future. It tells us that the Son of God is enough. So why was it written? 
In the first century, the believers are in danger of giving up. They're a motley crew, times are hard. Jewish Christians especially are being persecuted. Their homes are being broken into. There's prison, ridicule, adversity for believers. And generally, this is leading to a bit of, bit of compromise. So the letter says, hold fast to the truth. Turn away from what you're looking at inwardly and look outwardly towards Christ. And chapter 11 is really the epicenter of the whole book. This is where we land today, and it's we are called to courageous living with this great cloud of witnesses. Remember Noah that we talked about last week, the rainbow, God's covenant. He is faithful. God's covenant is like a handshake, like this part of this two-way, two-way thing. So I'm just going to, I've just distilled the passage down a little bit, done a kind of like English language precy job. Um, and this is where we're going to zoom in on today because there's so much in even this bit of the chapter. So by faith, Abraham obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the homeland, in the promised land. He was a stranger in a foreign country. His route was towards the city of God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, had children because she believed God to be faithful in his promise to her. Okay, now we're going to zoom in on Abraham and Sarah. And a very quick recap. I'm sure that you've all got PhDs in who Abraham and Sarah are, but just so that we're just catch up. So quickly on Abraham, little thumbnail sketch. He's called the father of all nations. And yet he was 100 years old when Isaac was born. He was called into the desert. He lived in a tent. He left behind so much. He had a very special relationship with God. Thumbnail on Sarah, Abraham's wife. She goes with him into the desert, yet her daily life would have been filled with a sense of shame that she could not have children. It would have been devastating on a daily basis. So I wonder what their friends thought when they set out into the desert, when Abraham took that first step. What did he feel? Off he went, not knowing where he was going. Everything all packed up. Sarah by his side, and then they start walking. It's that obedience that keeps them going. Like Noah and the ark. I mean, literally, everyone must have thought he was nuts. So our couple this morning, their walk with God is amazing, but also it is a bit of a game of snakes and ladders. So this is where the humanity comes in. So these are giants of the faith, and yet they are just one of us. Um, there's a point where they lose their nerve in the story and Sarah pretends to be Abraham's sister because they fear for their lives. There's a huge famine going on as they journey onwards and it all goes very badly wrong. And um, anyway, they, they go to the king and, and Abraham says, this is my sister, which of course he, she isn't. And destruction happens. But God is gracious and they get out of that scrape and they go on their way unscathed. And Sarah also just gives up hope of ever having a child and urges her husband to sleep with her handmaiden, Hagar, and just so that he can have an heir. You can hear her thinking, God is just not going to show up. So 
we'll sort it by ourselves. Rings a few bells for me, perhaps for you too. So, Abraham believed and he took action. Sarah knows in her heart that God is faithful. So there is also a terrifying bit when the um, Isaac comes into the story. And can you imagine just the conversation that goes on first thing in the morning? She's asking why Abraham and Isaac are sneaking out of the house first thing in the morning. They're going at dawn. Well, where, where are you off to, she might call. What does Abraham say to Isaac on the journey? And it's absolutely terrifying to be reminded of how Abraham was put to the test by God. Abraham, who has this promise of a family as big as the skies, and the promise that in Isaac shall your family be named, and he's asked to offer up his son. It's just unbelievable. God is asking for an extraordinary level of faith here, and yet Abraham was obedient, believing that he would receive Isaac back from the dead, which is really what happens. And it is this next level of obedience. And this is where I think that Abraham's muscle memory of obedience comes into play. I wonder if he has been faithful in the small things of life and obedient in the small steps of life where God has been speaking to him so that when the bigger step comes, the muscle memory is there and it just is the next yes. So he says the next yes to God because he's trained this faith and obedience. So I wonder how our muscle memory is going. Do we continue to trust God's promises even though there is fading hope of them ever being fulfilled? How are we doing? Maybe we just don't want our hearts broken one more time. Abraham never made it to the promised land. He never got there, but his eyes were fixed on this city this heavenly city, which in the time when it was written meant a place where God is, a place of holiness. It wasn't a city. He fixed his eyes on Jesus, on the author and perfecter of our faith, of his faith. So he was looking towards the city of God, not a city of brick and mortar, but a city where God is. The only place he ever bought was actually the place that he was buried, a cave. Apart from that, he lived by faith in a tent. So back to our ideas of journeys. Well, what is God calling us to be faithful to? What is God asking us to do next? What's the next step of obedience that each one of us could take? And that is the question that I leave with you this morning. What has God promised you? Remember, it's a two-way thing. We have the gift of faith, and he is trustworthy. What has he promised you that you might have given up hope on? The God who created the universe is faithful. He is trustworthy. Take heart from our couple in the limelight this morning. 
What if God is here? What if he's wanting to show us that he is here? What if he's wanting to show us that he is faithful, whispering the next step in our ears? Well, one thing that we can do is we can fix our eyes on this heavenly city and we can fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Amen.